Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. In business, it's, it's an ever-changing environment. The conversations we have, the people we deal with, life comes at you fast. If 2020 and 2021 have taught us anything, it's we have to be ready and on our toes. But how do we react? If we get bad news, what do we do? If we have an upset client, how do we deal with it? If we're in a conversation, do we know what to say? All of those things are important. How do you pause, take a step back, make sure your communication's on point, and make sure you move that conversation forward. That, among many other things, we're going to dig into in today's episode, because it's so important to be in the moment and to communicate effectively and do so when we're going to have things coming out of us that might throw us off our game. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Appreciate you taking some time to listen today. I do want to thank my show sponsor, Craig Shelley, Beverly Hills, a premier high-end watch brand that has business with a purpose. All of their business is done with a charitable aspect in mind. Every watch or piece of jewelry purchased has a charitable donation with it. So live in luxury and do good at the same time. So thanks to Craig Shaw and his team at Craig Shelley, Beverly Hills. I also want to thank the C-Suite Network. They are the platform that hosts the show and that uh, puts us out to the world. So thank you to the team at C-Suite. As I said, we're going to talk about communication and being mindful and, and talk a little bit, what does mindfulness mean? How do you use it? How can you use it to communicate more effectively? And there's no one better at it than my guest today, Brett Hill. Brett, thanks for joining today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. You're very welcome. And we had a great conversation last week as we were leading up to this about how you got to where you are, because most of us don't wake up into mindfulness and the art of communication, right? There, there's a journey yeah. of what you learned along the way. Some of the things that you do um, at the, the language of mindfulness.com slash now where people can get your mindfulness meditation as well mm -hmm. as some other things. Tell us a little bit how you got there from a business standpoint and from understanding and learning. Yeah, so um, I have always been, so, you know, I'm always an advocate for people to, you know, lean into sort of their, their nature. Like what have they always been like? What's been true about you your whole life, right? So we all, everybody's got some aspect of them that's like really core to who they are. And one of those things for me has been the curiosity about how things really work. I always like to kind of get under the hood. And when I was a kid, I like to take things apart. And so I was always taking stuff apart. Like, how does this toy really work? Oh, I destroyed the toy, but isn't that cool? You know, I was always like that guy. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so um, when I got into college, I, I was looking around going, what the heck is kind of under what's driving all of humanity kind of like i was really kind of a deep philosopher and like what's really making everything work i really kind of really wanted to get to the heart of things and i decided that uh, i settled on communications i said i thought communications is the one thing that if we can make it better it improves everything in your life 
there's no aspect of your life that doesn't get better if you're a better communicator, you know, except for maybe, you know, the, the food that you eat, so to speak, but the, 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 all the interactive parts and, and the most important things that we do as a, as a race, you know, how do you build a city without communicating? How do you deal with a pandemic without communicating? How do you build a business without communicating well, or have a relationship? So it just seemed to me like, that was really core. So I, I started studying that and got a degree in interpersonal communications. And I went on to um, learn meditation in various forms and study somatic psychotherapy and psychology, group dynamics. Now, you know, put a pin on that. And then it, the whole, uh, the whole world of technology was started to just blow up at that time, because I've been around, you know, a little while and technology just went crazy. The whole um, microcomputer phenomenon started to happen when I was a young man. And it turned out I had a knack for explaining things because of my interest in communications. And I'd also had speech in high school and all of that. And so I was, uh, people were going, well, how does this stuff work? And I go, well, I can tell you that. And I, and, I, and I wound up getting hired, long story short, by Microsoft to be what they call a technical evangelist. And that's somebody that explains technology to these enterprises. Of course, Microsoft is all about enterprise. And, um, yep. and so going to the biggest companies in the world and on stages all over the world, explaining how things, why this technology is important to them as a business, you know, like trying to make business sense out of technology. So I was able to bring my mindfulness skills into play in my interactions with people one to many. So, you know, public speaking and leading groups and teaching. Um, and then, you know, when COVID hit, I kind of segued into, um, and, well, I moved on from Microsoft to some other things. I was a principal technologist for, um, well, a principal technical marketing engineer for Riverbed and some other networking companies. And then I moved on from there eventually to just kind of, I'm just gonna teach mindfulness because that's really where my, my heart is. Cause I really still feel like at the end of it all, that's the thing that helped me the most was being able to get into like getting to these tricky conversations with customers where they're irritated or you're in a boardroom and you've got the CEO there and you notice a few things about the way the room is that causes you to change your conversation in a way and they leave the room going, man, I don't know, but I really like that Brett guy, you know, and you engineered that <laughs> because you noticed what was going on. And um, so that kind of stuff is really super helpful in my life. That's awesome. Can, can you, um, I want to ask you a definition question and then a comparison question. So, um, first defining mindfulness and, and what that means to you. And also how do you compare sort of mindfulness to EQ where you can sort of identify what's going on around you? Talk to you about the definition of mindfulness and then comparing it to EQ or something like it. Yeah. Great question. So mindfulness, I like to use the John Kabat-Zinn definition, which is effectively there are three elements in it and one is deciding to make deciding to be present deciding to be pay attention on purpose so that's one of the key things and on purpose decision you're going to make a choice i'm going to be present and what that means is paying attention to your in the moment experience so what am i going to pay attention to i'm going to pay attention to what's happening to me right now what's what's not outside so much but what's the quote well that too but what's the quality of my inner experience like am i angry upset pissed off excited happy ecstatic in love whatever it is just noticing oh yeah i'm i'm actually feeling good i feel engaged i feel bored and then naming it and being non-judgmental about it it's not like 
well, I'm bored. Oh man, why can't you be interested? You should be, instead of having a judgment about it, it's just like, oh, it's a fact. I just simply am that way. That's my, that's the truth of my experience. So it can be very simple. Like you notice uh, one of the practices I have, I help uh, uh, is about what lights you up. So it's like, you know, you look outside, you see the sunset and you go, wow. And you notice, man, I'm having this great experience watching the sunset. And you just on purpose decide, I'm just gonna let that be present and be in this, yes, that's amazing, lovely sunset. And what does that feel like to be in touch with something that's amazing? And let yourself have that for just an extra heartbeat. That's like a mindfulness practice, a conscious mindfulness practice. So on purpose, present moment experience, non-judgmentally. That's the, basically the components of my mindfulness definition, a functional one. Yes. And then part two of your question was uh, emotional intelligence, EQ. I think you were referring to emotional intelligence. And um, that is a fabulous, you know, pretty popular training as well. Emotional intelligence has, as remember I said before, I was interested in what's foundational. Mindfulness is foundational to emotional intelligence. In other words, if I don't know how what's going on right now, I can't possibly be present enough to make a good emotional intelligent and a decision or an observation that's informed um, by emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. So I, I would say, in order to be effective use of emotional intelligence, you must be mindful. So it's a criteria for being able to apply it in the world. Does that make Got sense? It. So, so, yep. so one comes before the other rather than a comparison between the two. Yeah, I mean, overall. they're related in the sense that if I'm noticing something about somebody and I can say, oh, he's agitated. And if I, if I just say, okay, so he's on a graph and he's here and here and he's like this, the kind of character, that's uh, technical intelligence about emotions, but that's not being emotionally able to work with emotions, which is the actual intelligence. You see what I right. mean? Yeah. Yep. It's one thing to architect a building. It's another thing to build it. Right. Right. Certainly. Because I know people that I work with people that I have in my life and they walk into a room and it's clear they can't read what's going on in the room. <laughs> right. Like I could be standing I don't want to, that's a bad example. I could be <laughs> holding someone by their shirt with my fist caught <laughs> and they'll come into the room and be like, hey, what's going on? How are you? Yeah, exactly, like, right? <laughs> that type it's, of thing. Well, but, but what you're describing there is a beautiful example of you noticing that they aren't noticing, right? And that's, I have a, I'm working on a book called My, The Language of Mindfulness, which will be out later this year. And I have a whole chapter on when you're the most mindful person in the room. You know, it's kind of like, it's an interesting phenomenon when you've been, you know, and I've got a few years under my belt in terms of being present. And sometimes you're talking to two or three people and you realize these people are not really paying attention at the same quality with the same quality that you are. And it's not a judgment. It's not like I'm better than them. It's just like, oh, it's just like, okay, he can speak, you know, Arab and I can't, you know, and it's like, okay, uh, uh, what, it's just a fact, right? And so it's like, um, uh, what what's the difference then it's like uh what how does that change the conversation what do you notice then right so it's like uh it becomes a very interesting scenario whenever you notice that other people aren't noticing and and what do you do <laughs> and uh, it may be nothing 
it's just where they are. But generally speaking, though, when someone is more present and other people aren't, then you become someone who can model that for other people directly or indirectly. And that's what I was just thinking as it's almost like you led me to where I wanted to go next. Um, I'm picturing, I've done this multiple times and I'm sure a lot of other people in sales have where you're sitting in a meeting and you're given a great presentation and everything feels good. And all of a sudden the person on the other side's like, nope, sorry, don't want to buy from you, right? It's because we didn't necessarily read the body language. We didn't necessarily read what the other person was doing. We didn't engage them in hindsight in, in what we were doing. Is that a factor of we're so focused on what we're saying, what we're doing, that we're not taking the, the conscious or unconscious reading of the room could be. You never know why someone, well, you would say you never know, but you know, here's, here's my approach to that. It's like, I don't want to position mindfulness as a tool to help you close deals. But let me just say that if you use it authentically, it's going to do nothing but help you. And the reason is because who are you going to buy from? The guy you feel good about? that you're connected to, or the girl that you feel good about are connected to, that you have rapport with, or the person who's just trying to make you a good deal today. You know, it's like, who is it that you're gonna connect? Who is it that you're going to be most favorable to? Think of it like this, who are they gonna say yes to being in relationship with? So it's almost like a relationship dance, right? You want to, if you can be present in such a way that it helps people feel connected and they and have this uh, authentic rapport, then it makes it easier for you to get down to, is the deal the right deal? As on an objective level, rather than I'm not going to buy from you. You know what I mean? Right. So, that makes sense. So because because then you can have the, if, if that, that's your best chance is of, of getting a yes in a job interview of getting, you know, the board position of closing the, the merger or whatever it is you're in, you know, is, is making sure that they feel good about the people that they're dealing with. And there are things you can do to facilitate those kinds of um, those kinds of engagements and do so in a completely authentic way. Um, a lot of it is simply a lot of it is noticing, but it's not just noticing. It's like, what then do you say and do because you noticed that helps to feel, helps to uh, cause cause people to feel like they're they can trust you and that they're in relationship and rapport with you. That makes perfect sense. We're talking with Brett Hill here on the Entrepreneurs MBA podcast. Um, you can find more information at thelanguageofmindfulness.com slash now. There's a number of free giveaways and meditations that Brett has there to learn more. How can you implement this for yourself? I, I'd like to talk a little bit about inner communication versus outer communication or internal versus external, mm. right? Because a lot of times we'll have conversations and we can be very good in the moment and connecting with other people, but maybe we're not so great with our internal communications when we're sitting by ourselves and our self-talk and all of those mm. good things. Um, how can mindfulness and understanding and learning and the meditations that go along with it help on the internal game that will then continue to increase that external game. 
Oh, that is an amazingly good question. And I am just, you know, kudos. I've never had that question before. And I, I really appreciate it. Um, the, the way it works is when you're mindful, there's two, two components to it. It begins with inner work and there's a whole ton of stuff out there, you know, mindfulness-based structure classes, all kinds of classes out there that, that focus primarily, and it is primarily an inner game. Well, where my work is a little bit different is, is once you've established a capacity to be mindful in yourself, then you can be mindful with others. And so it's a, and so what you're talking about is like working it backwards a little bit. It's kind of like, okay, if I'm going to be present out there now, how can I be present with myself? And, and it's an interesting conversation because presence is the same muscle, right? It's kind of like, what am I going to, what, if you, can, if you can lift 20 pounds, what are you going to lift with it? Something, you know, this or that, right? So you can be present with your own experience in the same way you can be present with other people. Now, there might be some obstacles to that because of your own biases or your own judgments or your own basically bad habits. Um, and though there's a, quite a bit to say about that, the bottom line for people who are sort of like interested in this kind of a practice is to simply notice what's going on inwardly and to name it just to go without judging it. It's kind of like, oh, I'm bad. I suck at this. This is terrible. Or, you know, this is never going to work for me. Or I can't meditate or whatever your story is. I'm no judgment, right? It's, it's, all, it's all fine. But simply the practice of meditation is simply to go, oh, I'm a mindfulness meditation is to go, oh, I'm having a thought that uh, I really need to be doing something else. Oh, can you feel the anxiety that comes up in my head when I try to tell myself, I just want to be mindful the next 10 minutes and I don't have to do anything. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you've got to, and you've got to, and a, what else? And oh, you're not good at this anyway. I say, oh, I'm feeling this intense urge to get up and go do something. Wow, that's intense. And just notice what it feels like without judging it. Like, oh, I'm terrible at this because I'm having that. And then also, well, this voice that says, I'm terrible at this. I'm, oh, I'm having this voice that says, I'm terrible at this. It's like, that's interesting. And then coming back to paying attention, just keep coming back to paying attention over and over and over again. That moment that you come back to your attention, that's the mindful moment. Because you sit down, you say to somebody who hasn't practiced mindfulness, particularly in this country uh, or in the Western world, you know, it's like, because we have so much activity, you sit down and go, okay. For the next 10 minutes, focus on your breathing. Just pay attention to what it's like to breathe. Well, about 10 seconds later, they're thinking about, you know, the next <laughs> deal or what they should have said. Or I don't you know, know anyone like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a condition the 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 tradition the Buddhists call monkey mind, you know. And so it's kind of like, you know, it's hopping all over the place. And so if you really want to master your life, you have to wrestle with the fact that we kind of really don't have that much control over what we're thinking about. And as much as you might be able to get done in the world, maybe you can run a team of a thousand people. If you haven't sat down and done that work, you, you are pushing, you know, you're pushing ice cubes instead of icebergs because that's where the real work is. And it's a, it's a, and once you, once you begin to do that, whole vast areas open up that you can't even begin to describe until you've begun to do that work. And you notice it because instead of having some kind of reflexive reaction, all of a sudden there's a moment and you pause and you go, wait, I don't, 
I'm feeling like I want to be reactive. But you know what? That's probably not the best response here. That is such a victory because then you have created out of literally nothing the opportunity. You've created freedom out of nothing. Instead of being on automatic, you've created the opportunity to make a conscious choice. And you did that by sitting down and doing this work. And it's, an, it's a magnificent thing to gift yourself and the people around you to have that capability. I would agree. And, and I love that you said the people around you, because what I was thinking about as business owners, and a lot of people listen, are business owners and they have employees. And I, you can do this work. I can do this work. Any business owner can. But how do they translate this to the team um, and get their employees to think in the same way on behalf of the business, but supporting themselves first? How do you um, counsel business owners to make this a part of the company culture? Yeah, so that's a fabulous question also. You, well, you have to, first you have to embrace it top down. You have to decide we're going to embody as a company or as a team, as a project, whatever it is you're doing, some mindfulness principles and practices. And so one of the things you got to do is become more human. You know, you've got to deal with the fact that work life stuff is stressful and to, uh, and to embrace the notion that if you engage people in a way where they can be more, I don't want to say peaceful, but I would say be more whole instead of being reactive. They're like, Oh, they're more present. You're going to get a better product. You're going to have happier customers. You're going to have happier people. Your retention is going to go up. Your creativity is going to go up. You're going to have, you know, better retention. Um, the whole thing is going to get better all around. And when you get your hands around that, then you want to model that yourself as much as you can. And you want to have, uh, you want to have some teaching. You want to have some some classes to help people embed the stuff in there and you start naming things like what's going on for you in a meeting and like how you feel how's everybody feeling and you start talking about feelings a little bit you don't want to go down the rat hole of trying to like take care of everybody's like emotional turbidity but you want to acknowledge the fact that emotions matter and if someone's in the room and they're about to fall apart and they're on point to do something you need to address that as criteria to the success of your project. Um, and if you don't, you do so at your own risk because people fall apart at a crucial moment. They don't get the support that they need. They don't feel supported because you didn't notice. They're, it's just like, it's like it's the example you said, you know, they, you said, you've got the guy by the throat, nobody, and he goes, hey, how's it going? Well, well, do you want to run your company that way? You, you know, you want to walk into the room and your team's falling apart and you're going, okay, so we're about to go, go, go. We're going to burn extra hard for the next two weeks. And they're, they're already gone. They're already gone. And what happens to them? And they all fall apart. And you walk out of the room going, yeah, we're on track. And they're going, what the hell are we going to do? And if you're not paying attention and you're not up on track on that, then you're you are driving to, the, to a, a brick wall. You're driving your company into a brick wall. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking of, um, you know, situations that I've been in and, um, you know, trying to think about what I'm doing. Does it matter where I am? Like, do I have to know where I am today 
in order to be more mindful and communicate better in the future? Or do we just ignore the past and say, from this day forward, I'm going to do it? Like, do we, does it matter where we're starting from? I guess is the question. The on, there's only one place to start. Where you are. Right now. There's only always now. If we want to get a little woo-woo, you know, there's only always now, right? So it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. You could only be present now. You can't be present tomorrow. Can't be present yesterday. That's the practice, right? Be on purpose, intent now. So really, literally is about right now. As I'm talking to you, I'm checking how am I feeling? You know, I'm tuning in with what's going on with me. That's part of my work. And, you know, do I feel connected? Do I feel disconnected? Do I feel like that's literally a part of it in this moment? Yeah, I think that's so important. And, and thank you for that, because I think a lot of all personal development, and we're talking about personal development, right? We're making ourselves better. Um, you know, if, if you're in bad shape and you want to get in better shape, it doesn't necessarily matter that you were in bad shape or had bad habits. It matters what you do today going forward. And so I think it's important for me to hear and hopefully for the audience to hear that you can move forward from where you are today. You're not moving forward from where you were 10 steps ago, right? Exactly. I mean, it's the same thing if you want to diet. You don't start dieting yesterday. You know, you have to start today. You have to start now. You, have, you, want, to, you want to get fit. And also, it is about personal development. But in my world, in my view, it's more than that. This is really, and, and you know, people don't have to adopt this, but this is a moral imperative for business and for, the, for society as well. Because it's kind of like, how are we going to get better? as a as a as a people as a country as a world unless we can be more present and more real and more authentic with each other how to build the companies of the future well of today the ones that are being built in a way that are sustainable not because not just because they're profitable because just prop just profitability in the end isn't sustainable you have to build something that that is that embraces the wholeness of the context of business, which is it's people, the people in the business, the persons running the business, the people that it serves, because there's no business that's, that doesn't serve people in the end, right? In some way or another. Right, no, 100%. Um, here's a question you can't answer. Um, in, in our <laughs> social media world, where um, the art of communication has in many ways been lost, the 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 trust it the division that barking behind a keyboard can allow people mm -hmm. um right obviously staying away from it and staying out of the fray is is one way but as business owners we we need exposure we need communication we need to put our message out there and there's going to be a lot of the the haters or the angry people or people that are like mindfulness that's all woo woo you're just trying to make yourself feel better blah 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 um how how heaven forbid yeah i know um, so weird you know we, we can't solve that problem unless you want to in the next three minutes but how, how can we um be better individually in that world like if everyone is a little bit better, maybe the world gets better. But what are your thoughts on business owners not worrying about a bad review, 
other than trying to be better for, for other people because people can bark and people can shout? Um, well, there's only, you can only control what you could control, right? And so if by trying to become somebody who's more, like I look at it like this, by trying to become somebody who's more whole, more authentic, more real, more present, that has a, comp a more compassionate view, but not, a, not in a weak, compassionate way, but in a strong, compassionate way, right? I'm going to embrace the caring that I have and make it active, you know, and make it alive and engaged and it matters, it's important. Um, so rather than, that doesn't mean I'm gonna let people walk over me, but you are going to lose some connections to things that don't allow you to do that well. You know what I mean? And that's legit, Those are that's that's just the, the debris falling off the ship that starts to go faster. You know, you're starting to move through a different, you're, you're going to a different place and there's certain kinds of things that are just gonna to have to go. You can't let yourself be slowed down or stopped by, um, people who aren't really ready to get on get on board and and eventually though because this is healthy this isn't just a feel good scenario this is the science is in right this is this is legit better for human beings and and so it's kind of like saying well i don't want to lift weights that's just you know that whole health thing that's kind of like crazy talk you know <laughs> this this is not that this is like what what is the natural, and this is a little bit more out there, but in my mind, in my opinion, this is my opinion, mindfulness is more our natural state. And so really what we're trying to do is to kind of reclaim ground we've lost due to the world that we live in. I think had, we, had the world been orchestrated a different way, we'd be a little more present with each other. But, you know, we, we, we live in, the, in modern times, like you say, where we're assaulted by a million messages a day. And, and um, there's, you know, common fr phrases like if you're not if you're not in charge of your attention, someone else is. And so um, and attention is the new currency. Right. It's kind of like people look at their phone. I just read a thing like eight billion times a day. People are looking at their phone. So someone's <laughs> making money off of that eight billion times a day. Right. So if you're not in charge of your attention, someone else is. And so a big part of mindfulness is learning to be present with your own experience so that when someone wants your attention, you're making a decision to give it rather than just like, oh, okay, oh, look, there's a shiny object or oh, whatever. And letting people who are the most skilled at taking your attention, take it because they will. It's critical, it's critical. And you can find more uh, about Brad and everything that he does at thelanguageofmindfulness.com slash now. And that's a great place to start. But, but I think it's important for people listening when they get off of this podcast, when they stop listening, um, how can they start for themselves? Like what do people do first in order to start down this path? The first thing you have to do is just decide to commit to um, doing something that you haven't done very much of, most people haven't done, which is just to slow things down. It's very uncomfortable to sit down and say, for 10 minutes, I'm just going to slow things down and notice. That's the, that's the practice. If you go to like the languagemindfulness.com slash down, it's just sitting still and saying, I'm going to pay attention to something like my breath, uh, as mundane as that, because the breath is like a body sensation. It's like in the moment, it's uncomplicated. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to make it a certain way. So there's, a, there's a, another saying, uh, the body's always in the moment. So you want to bring yourself into the moment through your body sensation. And that's not just a woo-woo practice. There's a 
ton of science behind that. This is a foundational practice that lets the mind, it's, think of it like this. Here's a good example. Uh, you know, like a snow globe, right? You shake it up and the snow is everywhere. And, and yet there's a little scene in there. Well, imagine a snow globe that had so much snow that you can't really see the scene. And, and that's the way we live our lives most of the time. And that's our mind and our, it's constantly shaking because like there's this input and this input and that's like the snow globe being shaken. And you stop and what happens? It all starts to settle. That's when you're paying attention. And then after a little while, it's kind of like, oh my God, there's a scene here I couldn't even see before because of just the neural activity. There was just so much neural static. So the first thing is just to stop, take a few breaths, relax, let the noise settle long enough that you begin to have an experience of what it's really like to be you. And when you really get into that feeling, that sensation, there's so much richness there and maybe some unpleasantness too, because there might be aspects of your experience you don't like, but it's a both end. There's this giant richness that comes along with the, oh gosh, this isn't so pleasant. And oh my God, this is amazing. Does that make sense? So it's really simple. Practicing just slowing things down for a little bit on purpose in the moment, non-judgmentally. I love it. Thank you, Brett, for the conversation, for the interesting topic, thinking about life and business a different way. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.